You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 330. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back, everybody. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something that I posted on social media recently that was, um, let's just say it got quite a bit of attention in that I got a lot of DMs, I got a lot of emails, and people were very appreciative that I had posted this one particular thing. Now, it was about how to stop gaining weight. And I think there's so much emphasis on how to lose weight, and yet I also think it's really important that if you are gaining weight, you also have to figure out a way to stop that as quickly as possible. Because here's the reality, team. As we get older, we know it's harder to lose weight. That means we need to stop gaining weight as quickly as possible, which our life is always going to go through these ebbs and flows where you're going to gain a little weight, lose a little weight. Like it's very hard to stay at the same weight all the time just because certain things happen in our life. I always tell my clients, look, life happens. There's going to be good months. There's going to be bad months. As long as your overall stays in a healthy range, you're all good. But the key is how can we stop the weight gain as quickly as possible so that you don't have so much trouble losing it all the time as we get older. So in this post, I said, look, the number one way that I think that you can stop gaining weight is getting on the scale. And that created a lot of emails to me the next day. So we are going to talk about all of that after this. Now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from Harvard Medical School, an article that goes perfectly with our topic today, it says the hidden causes of weight gain, underlying conditions, and subtle physical changes could be to blame. So the reason for gaining weight isn't always a mystery, they say. For example, you might know you've been eating more and exercising less, a potent combo that often results in extra pounds. But sometimes the cause isn't quite so obvious, and you might not be aware of many of other factors that can contribute to weight gain. So one of the things they talk about is age-related causes, which we talk about a lot lately on this podcast, right? So getting older brings physiological changes that can affect your weight. And the chief thing among them is muscle loss. So starting in middle age, we do lose about 1% of muscle mass per year, which affects strength. And it also affects our metabolism, which people don't often sort of put hand in hand but they do go hand in hand. Now, smaller muscles use fewer calories. So if your diet doesn't change, you'll consume more calories than you need as you're getting older and as you're losing that muscle mass. So it's definitely something to think about that as we get older and we lose that muscle, we're gonna be burning less calories, so therefore you might have to make a shift in your calorie allotment, or you really have to work hard to keep your muscle on. Now, another thing they talk about is chronic stress being a hidden cause of weight gain. 
It's harder to manage stress, they say, as we get older. And if you're constantly under stress, you might have consistently high levels of the stress hormone called cortisol. One job of cortisol is helping the body replenish energy stores. In some people, that might indirectly promote weight gain by increasing appetite, since the body thinks it needs more energy, and increasing the storage of unused energy as fat. But mostly, stress leads to compulsive behaviors such as eating comfort foods, which are often full of sugar, unhealthy fat, and extra calories. I tell my clients all the time, If you are under chronic stress, if your job is so stressful that every single day you come home and you are just exhausted and tense and you just feel that stress all the time, it is likely going to be a reason that not only are you potentially gaining weight, but also preventing you from losing weight because that cortisol does not make weight loss any easier. Stress is something that you definitely want to get a handle on. Now, another thing Harvard Health talks about that could affect weight gain, poor sleep. Another one that I talk to you guys about all the time. Age-related changes affect our ability to sleep well. And if you're a chronic short sleeper, getting six hours or fewer each night, it might affect hormones that regulate appetite. Short sleep is associated with higher levels of hormones that make us hungry, lower levels of hormones that tell us we're full, and higher levels of, once again, cortisol. Sleep is essential, not just for weight loss, not just to prevent weight gain, but for your overall health team. You really need to take it seriously. So if you're someone who goes to bed super late, but then you have to get up super early in the morning to work out or to work, you're gonna have to shift something because sleep honestly might be more important than nutrition and exercise at the end of the day. Another thing they talk about that could be causing weight gain, sex hormone changes. So older men and women experience reductions in certain sex hormones, as we know. In women, low estrogen levels, which we just talked about the last couple weeks, are associated with sleep problems and increased body fat. In men, reduced testosterone levels are linked to less muscle mass. So unfortunately, it's part of aging. It's going to happen. So again, we want to work on all these other things that we can control, like diet, exercise, stress, and sleep, because there's some things we can't control, like the shift that we are going to have in hormones. Now, weight gain, especially if it's new, it can signal a number of health conditions. For example, someone with heart failure might experience a sudden weight gain from fluid retention, which might appear as swelling in the feet, the ankles, the legs, or the belly. This would likely be accompanied by symptoms like fatigue, shortness of breath. So if at any time you do have a really sort of acute onset of weight gain with other symptoms, it could be a health condition. So these are just all things that the Harvard Health Letter talks about. And I always think it's important to keep these things in mind because I so often have people email me or clients tell me, hey, you mentioned this could be causing the problem and I have that problem all the time. And so it's just a really good reminder of all the different things, not just what you eat that might be impacting your weight and the number on the scale. So let's talk about the number on the scale. So I said in this social media post, I said, The number one thing that I think you can do to stop weight gain is to get on the scale. 
Now, I want to go over this today because there's a lot of details about this, and I even found this fantastic article in the Washington Post that went into a lot of detail about the pros and cons of getting on the scale, who should and maybe who should not get on the scale. Because as much as I do think getting on the scale is going to be a factor that will stop weight gain quickly, it is not for every single person, all right? So that's really super important. Now, the reason that I think that getting on the scale is so important, and this is my personal opinion, is because I think we all have a set number, or we should, in my opinion, have a set number that you never want to weigh more than. You know, I have like a five pound marker, where it's like if I get to this point, which is five pounds heavier than where I like to be, I'm gonna shift something immediately. Because let's face it, you guys, if you do gain weight and you do pass some marker that you don't ever wanna be past, there's likely something going on. And whether it's sleep or you know an age-related cause or chronic stress or something like that, even that, I can say, okay, I haven't been getting enough sleep. Or okay, I've been eating out more than I used to. Okay, I you know overdid it with sugar last week. Whatever it is, if I see that number on the scale that I don't want to see and I don't want to see higher, then I know, okay, I got, I'm, I got to rein it back. I got to do something. Again, whether it's fixing my sleep or fixing the sugar intake, whatever it is, I get a little more serious when I see that number on the scale. Now, what I see happen to people who have thrown the scale out the window, which God bless you, I totally get it. Sometimes it can have a really bad impact, meaning several people that I know who don't weigh in at all because they tossed the scale because they got so, I guess, you know, annoyed, angry, irritated with dieting and scales and whatnot, which is totally normal and there's ways to handle that. The problem is now they have gained so much weight because they don't look at their weight every day. And somehow, when we gain weight and we don't look at the scale, we start to make a lot of excuses. Now, I do this too, and that's why I can say this, but do you ever put on some clothes, even underwear, and say to yourself, oh gosh, everything is shrinking in the wash right now. I guess I need to be careful like if I'm using too hot water or too long in the dryer. Okay, the clothes aren't shrinking, people. <laughs> okay, and I say it and I laugh because I do it too. But if you're like, oh, these jeans got tight, I guess I dried them for too long. No, it's probably not the dryer or the hot water or whatever you think it is. It's probably that we all gained a few pounds. And if you start to feel it in your clothes and then you're like, oh, I'm just gonna get a bigger size, I'm gonna feel more comfortable in that size, totally fine. But the reality is you're probably going up in weight, up in weight, you're buying bigger clothes, bigger clothes, you're wearing more yoga pants, more sweatpants, and you're not stopping whatever might be going on to cause this increase in weight. This increase in weight as we age is completely going to make your life harder as you continue to age. At some point, you're gonna get to a place where you're at an unhealthy weight potentially, and then it is so hard to take it off. Now, I help people lose weight at all ages, but I'm going to say this, even in menopause, I help so many clients lose so much weight. It can happen, you can do it. It's not, I'm not saying you cannot lose weight as you get older, but be very prepared. It is a much slower process. And if I can get you to stop gaining weight 
quicker, then I can help you lose weight faster. Does that make sense? So that is why I feel like if you get on the scale, you are more likely to stop the gain quicker. And that is going to help you overall. Really, really important. All right. Now, I want to also preface and say this. If you are going to get on the scale and you have not gotten on the scale in a very long time, I want you to take a few things with you when you take those steps. The first thing I want to tell you is right now, you got to disconnect all emotion to whatever number you see. I do not want you to get on the scale and flip out. I do not want you to get on the scale and be mad at yourself. I don't want you to get on the scale and be completely defeated. If you have not weighed in in a really long time, and there's a reason why, because you know that you've probably put on some weight, you're terrified to see that number, I want you to get on the scale and emotionally disconnect, see the number as X, it is what it is, it is the day you stop gaining and can start taking action. Make it an empowering moment for yourself instead of an angry moment at yourself. There's no need to be angry, disappointed, or anything negative with this number or with your weight. It is just a number. You are not the number. You hear this all the time. It's got nothing to do with anything other than the fact that we simply have to change a few habits again to get you feeling your best, all right? The other thing I want you to do, you're going to get on the scale, you're not, you're going to disconnect, and I think that you should have some kind of set hard number. Like for me, I give myself a five pound range, meaning I know where my happy weight is, and if I ever hit five pounds over that, that's my hard number, where I'm like, no more, I'm pulling something together. Figure out what that hard number is for you. Maybe that's a number first you want to get back to, obviously, but then set that hard number so that you don't pass it again. And for those of you who don't have any weight to lose, or maybe you do weigh in weekly or monthly, also set a number so that you have that point where you're going to stop the gain. And then the third thing that's really, really important when you get on that scale, again, especially if it's been a long time. Be very patient with yourself. It probably has been a long time that you've been putting on some weight. The weight's not going to come off in a day and it's certainly not going to come off in a week. So be very patient and set long-term goals. If you were to lose one pound a week, where would that put you three months from now? That's the kind of goals you have to look at. You cannot look at day-to-day weight loss. It just doesn't work that way, and you'll be more discouraged when you do that. So set a little bit of longer-term goals. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is who should or should not be weighing in. So if you have ever had an eating disorder before, I do not recommend that you get on the scale, unless It is something that you already do and are totally fine with it or something that you've worked with your doctor or therapist on. Getting on the scale for some people, especially with an eating disorder, can create more of a problem. So I would say that demographic is not likely to benefit from getting on the scale. So 
I, it is very important that I say that because I don't want to get someone who has had an eating disorder or currently has one back on a scale to create more problems. If you have an eating disorder or have had one in the past, it is most beneficial that you are working with a doctor, potentially with a therapist, so that you can handle that in the right way. That's so very important. Now, another thing, if you're a super obsessive person, so you haven't been on the scale because you obsess about it all the time, then you have a couple options. The option is one, could you get on the scale once a month? And if you can't, then meaning because you're going to get on every day, or I have some people who tell me they used to get on the scale more than once a day. If that's going to be you, then you also should not be weighing yourself. Again, if you have some obsessive thought pattern and it's like, you, no, you just, you have to get on the scale and then you got to get on it again and you got to get on it every day and then it discourages you every day and it's making things worse, I highly recommend you work with a therapist if you're having some kind of obsessive thoughts about food, about the scale, about things that are making life harder to manage. And there is nothing wrong with seeking therapy to handle a situation like that. And very likely those people have other obsessive compulsive type issues. And those are things you definitely want to work on because it's it's a hard way to live your life. So I totally think that getting help will benefit you. Um, so those are the things and those are the people I would say that should avoid the scale unless you have someone sort of guiding you through that process. But if you don't have those problems and you simply are a person where you don't want to get on the scale because you don't want to see the truth, I think you better get on the scale. I kind of like say there's so many good analogies that you can make, but it would be like never looking at your bank account and just spending, 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 spending and hoping there's still money in the account. Like I'm never going to look at my account, but I am going to keep spending. Well, eventually that's going to backfire, right? That's kind of what happens. I'm not going to look at the scale, just like I'm not going to look at my bank account. But I am going to eat and eat and do what I want and sort of not keep things together in my health and hope that it works out. But how often is that going to work out? About as often as not looking at your bank account, right? So you got to sometimes just have something to almost hold you accountable to your health. Now, as I said, there was this great article in the Washington Post, and it talks about, is it healthy to weigh yourself every day? They look at the pros and they look at the cons. And I found some of them to be really interesting. Um, so is it okay to weigh yourself every day, they ask. This is one of the questions that we get into this divide about between medicalized obesity fields and the eating disorder field. So that's the first thing that they talked about as well, because there is this gray area in debate whether you should get on the scale or not. And so that's when they talk about it has to be done on a case-by-case -case basis. It's hard to make a sweeping statement like everybody should get on the scale because it's not right for everybody which is again, exactly what I was talking about. Now, if you find that weighing in will absolutely ruin your day, 
Or like I said, if you have disordered eating, it is best to avoid daily weigh-ins. In contrast, those who experience the scale more neutrally, they will benefit from this habit. But there are some pros and there are some cons to tracking your weight. Now, a pro is definitely that it does provide this little extra bit of accountability. And evidence suggests that people who regularly weigh themselves are more likely to lose weight and keep it off than those who do not. And in one study, researchers tracked over a thousand adults for a year, and they concluded that those who weighed themselves once a week or less did not lose weight. While those who got on the scale six or seven times a week averaged 1.7% weight loss. So that's very interesting. So they're saying that once a week is not even enough in this particular study and people who weighed themselves every single day are the ones who saw the weight loss. Now for some people, it helps them to hold themselves accountable and to see their progress. And that is why they like getting on the scale every day. There's a certain type of person who really wants to see that number go down or really wants to see the number go up. Some people have to actually gain weight depending on their goals. And so they can use the scale as a motivation. Now, another thing the scale can do, it can promote good habits. Another study found that daily weigh-ins led to greater adoption of weight control behaviors, such as reducing snacks between meals, cutting back on dessert size portions, exercising for 30 minutes or more, even increasing daily steps. Regular weighing is helpful for those who are actively trying to lose weight, as well as those trying to maintain their current weight. American adults on average put on one or two pounds per year, and daily weigh-ins can help delay or prevent that. Even when people are reluctant to weigh themselves, it often becomes a really important tool in their tool belt. And the analogy that they use is that the scale is like a speedometer in your car because it's not there to judge you, it's there to tell you how fast or slow you are going. That's another analogy that I really like. So when you get on that scale, that number and the scale itself, it is not there to judge you. It's just there to tell you how you are doing with your health, right? Daily weigh-ins, according to this article, are more beneficial than checking the scale less frequently. Why? They say because it's more information and it helps you detect patterns and trajectories sooner that you can intervene with sooner. Another benefit, daily weighing helps you develop a habit and stepping on the scale when you wake up every morning, for example, makes it sort of a ritual like brushing your teeth. So some people find it very beneficial to really keep things in check, you guys. Not for everyone, and in my opinion, every day is not a necessity, and we're gonna talk about that. Now, some of the cons of getting on the scale. They say that it leads to fixation and frustration. I think we've all been there, right, team? Weighing yourself regularly could turn into a fixation, especially for those with a tendency towards that disordered eating. You might step on the scale, you might see the number go up, And all of a sudden, you then do something to compensate for that, right? Maybe you set your calorie goal super low then 
for that day. Or maybe you engage in some kind of behavior like purging, or even some people will use a laxative if they see this number that absolutely freaks them out. That's sort of a knee-jerk reaction and can really lead to an unhealthy cycle. You felt anxiety because the number went up, so you did a thing to make the anxiety go down, and what you're learning is that the next time you see the number go up on the scale, all you have to do is this thing to compensate, and you think you're gonna feel better, but it ends up turning into a very detrimental pattern of really trying to adjust with a behavior like that. So you have to be very cautious, and that's why I personally think if you have had disordered eating or have disordered eating currently, It is something that you need to be very cautious of, and I probably would not advise it. Now, knowing exactly what you weigh can also lead to physical and emotional issues. So if you're regularly weighing and you are not able to relax about it, if you're not able to handle it and it ruins your day and you just get such overwhelm and frustration and anger and sort of a desperation feeling from it, then it's just not going to be for you. It can have that physical, emotional impact on people. And some people, they can handle it, they look at the number, they're bummed, they know they have to do something, they move on. If you're the person who like it ruined your whole day, and you can't stop thinking about it, that's obviously not a benefit and not going to help you. So things to really think about. Now, frequent weigh-ins could cause one to conflate their health and weight. So we know that someone could weigh 200 pounds and be perfectly healthy, and someone could weigh that same amount and be struggling with diabetes and heart disease. The scale is unfortunately just not an accurate snapshot of holistic health, and it's really easy to misinterpret it. Similarly, weight fluctuates from day to day, and it's influenced by so many factors like time, um, whether you had a bowel movement. And when I say time, I mean like what point in your menstrual cycle are you in? Your weight is like your heartbeat in the sense that you might have a resting heartbeat of say 65, but if you check it at any given time, you're rarely going to see it exactly at 65. The body is constantly going through ups and downs and shifts in hormones and impacts from sleep and all those things we talked about in the Eagle's Eye on Health. And all of those things will impact the number that you see on the scale that day. So the scale is going to go up and it's going to go down daily. So I personally think that's why you should not weigh in daily unless you can totally handle the fact that some days the scale will show a higher number. Even if you did nothing wrong, meaning you didn't go out and have an ice cream sundae, you didn't drink a bottle of wine, you were perfectly on track, you got your workout in, you didn't overdo it, you slept right, and the number still went up. If you can get on the scale and see the number go up and say, oh, it must be a hormone thing, it's probably just an up day, no big deal. If you can't say no big deal, then you should not weigh in daily because you should expect the scale will go up on some days and down on some days. You're not going to live at one number daily, even the most healthy person, even me, my scale goes up and down, up and down, up and down. 
What matters more is, is the weekly number maintaining or dropping depending on what your goal is. That is more important. So I personally think a weekly weigh-in is the most ideal. I also think that if you don't mind the weekly weigh-in, and if you're someone who tends to eat out a lot on the weekends, it's a good idea to take a Friday morning weigh-in as well. And this is why. I know I've talked about it before, but lots of new listeners. Um, You weigh in on Monday. You have a super fantastic week. If you weigh in on Friday, it's going to give you a good sense if things are headed in the right direction. Now, that being said, it can take a full week for some people to lose even one pound. So if you weigh in on Monday, have an awesome week with nutrition and workouts, you weigh in on Friday, and if your number didn't go down that much, don't give up. Sometimes you need the full week, and you have to go through the weekend too, and then you might see one to two pounds by Monday. All right. But the reason I like to get that Friday morning wait is because before the weekend hits, you can at least see if things are going in the right direction. If on Saturday you go out to eat three times and on Sunday you drank a whole lot of alcohol and then also had a lot of sweet treats and then you kind of had some French fries and and then you get on the scale on Monday, you're going to say, oh, I gained weight this week. This diet or this change I made or this habit and this hard work I did didn't work when that is not so. What didn't work is that the couple days on the weekend of eating out and not eating well can impact that overall number so very quickly. It's usually sodium. It's usually some kind of water retention. It will usually come right off, but it's highly discouraging to see. And that is why I think getting on the scale on Friday morning will tell you if things are going well And then if you do have some eating that's not ideal, then you know on Monday, okay, the scale did go back up since Friday. It's probably related to how I did on the weekend. So a weekly weigh-in with maybe a Friday weigh-in before the weekend hits is ideal. If you're someone where even that feels like just too much for you and it really does bother you, you might just do a monthly weigh-in. And again, this would be more for people who are trying to maintain weight and you don't want to see the number go up as the years go by. A monthly weigh-in is even better than not weighing in at all because you're going to know. Is your weight going up every month? And does that work for you? Is that going to work for you six months from now when you get on the scale and you're like, okay, now I'm up even more. Now I'm up even more. And again, That's just going to lead to an unhealthy body. It's going to be harder to take care of as we age. So even once a month, in my opinion, is still better than nothing to stop the gain. Now, if weighing in is just not going to be an option for you, or you're just like, you feel pretty good about things and you don't feel like you need that, there are some alternatives to the scale that I think are just as good in many ways. So... Here they are. You could, if you don't want to weigh in, you could measure your waist and your hips. So this will produce a metric that's usually more, some people say palatable, than seeing a larger number on the scale. If you just cannot stand looking at the scale, you cannot handle that number, go ahead and measure yourself. The circumference of your waist in particular has a tremendous amount to do with your health according to the doctors and the people who wrote this uh, article in the Washington Post. If you carry too much fat inside the belly, so that waist area that you're going to be measuring, 
you're at an increased risk of death from cardiovascular disease. So check your measurements once a week. If the numbers get bigger, it could signal that you need to make some dietary tweaks, right? Or maybe you need to add a little more exercise. So if the scale isn't gonna work for you, get a piece of paper out, make yourself a little chart, and measure your waist and hips weekly because that too could potentially stop the gain over the next few months per se. Another thing you can do is they call it the close-o-meter. And I think this one's pretty powerful and I kind of already talked about it. But you wanna choose a garment that fits comfortably. Consider it a shirt, a pair of pants, or a dress. It's almost like your starting point, right? And if that particular item starts to get tight on you over the weeks, over the months, it does not feel comfortable any longer, then guess what? You likely gained weight. Let's not blame it on the dryer, okay? The clothes-o-meter can often do it, but you have to be strong-willed enough to say, my pants are tight. I call it today. I'm making a shift. Again, whatever that shift might need to be. You need to now watch your nutrition, your exercise, sleep, stress. But the clothes-o-meter needs to be to the point where you have the willpower to say, my pants are tight, that means I gained weight and I am going to make a change. So your clothes don't lie. Just like the scale doesn't really lie, right? So if you feel that they're getting tighter, you know it's happening. Um, another thing, according to this article that you could do, they, they like to have another way of sort of assessing. I would say this is more of your health, but they say time yourself walking. And you can walk half a mile as fast as you can, log how long it takes. Then as you continue to be active, watch your speed increase. This is giving you a really nice way to see a positive impact on your body, but that's not necessarily going to have to do with how you weigh in. I think it's great to do because I always have my clients do fitness assessments because I like my clients to see that it's not just about a number on the scale. It's also about your endurance. It's also about your strength you know, your overall fitness. So if you're just looking for things to also build some kind of confidence and make you feel good about the changes that you're making, doing some kind of assessment like that can definitely be positive as well. But at the end of the day, team, you really have to make the right decision for yourself. So whether you weigh yourself regularly or if you do the close a meter, <laughs> whatever feels right for you that does not bring you anxiety, that does not spiral your day into absolute misery. I just really want people to see that we have to stop the weight gain as quickly as possible, especially in these older years. As you're gonna see, as we age, what we could do when we were young, like how many people are like, when I was 20, I could simply dial my nutrition in for one week and lose five pounds. Like, I feel like we've all been there. And then you hit 50 and you're like, oh my God, there's nothing I can do to even get a dent in the scale now. So things shift and that's why I really just wanna help people stop gaining weight as quickly as possible so that you can really take 
control of your health because my ultimate goal for everyone, as I say all the time, I want you to live a long life, but I want you to live feeling amazing. I don't want you to be 100 if you feel terrible, you can't walk, you can't move. No, that's really not a benefit to anyone. So I want you all to live a long life and I want you to feel amazing. And the best way we can do that is to obviously make sure that one of the things we can do is keep our weight in check. So there you have it, team. I hope you enjoyed the podcast episode today. I hope that it helps you in any way, not to bring you anxiety, but to bring you just joy in your body. As soon as you can get that back, for some people, they need to get it back. Some people are maintaining it beautifully. I just want you to feel your very best. The Earn That Body podcast, always here to bring you fitness, health, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Thank you.